Welcome back, everybody, to We Are TPM with Kyle Teixeira, myself, and sitting across from me is John Teixeira again. Today, we are going to discuss how rising interest rates affect rents. Now, if you have any questions about how that happens or what anything we're going to talk about today or really just want to talk to us or discuss anything about your rental portfolio or life, give us a call at 817-818-9039 or shoot us an email at showmethemoney at wertpm.com. So let's get into it. How do rising interest rates affect rents, John? Do they correlate at all? They do, but let's set something up first. You and I didn't talk about this. I'm going to throw this little wrinkle at you right now, okay? Did you know that one-third of rental properties right now are being bought by institutional investors? I did know that. No, Yeah, yeah, one-third of rentals, yes. Sorry. I'm going to make sure I got my facts right. It's actually down from a year ago a little bit. Okay. (laughs) All right. So we're talking about the remaining two-thirds are bought by whom? Average Joes like you and I, mm-hmm. right? We're not average, but you know, yeah, yeah. we're not institutional either. But, yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, We've been institutionalized yet, so no. yeah. So 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 let's get into it, Kyle. What's what's the biggest way? I mean, I know we've talked about demand and all that. What's the biggest way that um, that the market is affected and the rental rates are affected by the rising interest rates? Yeah, so the, the, the question itself brings brings up the question of, okay, do interest rates correlate with rents, right? Because in, when we talk about rising interest rates, we're talking about the effect on affordability in the purchase market. Um, you know, as interest rates go up, it makes the affordability of a house go up. And what that means is, uh, say, six months ago, when rates were significantly lower and you were trying to buy a $500,000 house and you made a certain amount of money. The $500,000, let's let's assume five, the house is still $500,000. You still make the same amount of money. Nothing's changed other than these rising interest rates. Well, you know, uh, getting qualified at, say, 3%, lets you purchase a certain amount, a significantly different amount than getting qualified at 6%. So if you're near your cap, it makes it less affordable. So in your monthly payment and all that. So it pushes people out of the purchase market. And when you, when you're looking for a home and get pushed out of the purchase market, where does that land you? Well, let's, let's, let's do some math here today because I got, I got some, some stats that I read just this morning about this very thing. So to answer your question, where does it land you? It lands you at in the rental market. In the rental market, exactly. <laughs> yes, yes. So there's which which to your point pushes up the demand for more rentals. There's more tenants out there that would normally be buyers. In in a market rental market that we've talked about a lot recently that is already stressed with a high demand and a low supply. So now the you know, we're pushing even more demand into the low supply rental market and in turn, you know, the simple answer is in turn that even higher demand is going to continue to bump rents up. But All right. you know, what's our median right now? What do we want to use? You what's like our the median? Stats, is so. about three. Our median is probably it's probably been pushed up. I'm going to use three twenty. I think that's a, a median from a couple of years ago. Um, at th- one year ago, the average interest rate was three point one one. And for a three hundred twenty thousand dollar house, that would have cost you thirteen hundred sixty eight dollars in mortgage and interest a month per month. That doesn't include taxes and insurance. So that's and, just and, your mortgage payment. And then they're looking at what you can afford per month. So you could have afforded that house at thirteen forty forty one. What you said, something like that. No, 
Yeah, 13, 28. I've already forgot. I already <laughs> moved on from it. Sorry. <laughs> It's hard to do a comparison. I forget the number. <laughs> I, I forgot the number. It's 13 something. We're going to go with 1341. Okay. So I don't remember. So the current the current average is five something. And I forgot five the something. Five and a half. Is it 5.5? Yep. Okay. That sounds about right. I think it was 5.44 now that I think about it, but it's fine. 5.5. $1,800. So what changed? 1817. The interest rate changed. You're still at 320. We're still buying a $320,000 house. Right. That's right. But now our lender's looking at if we can afford 1800 a month versus Instead if we could have Exactly. And that's $500 difference. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's it's So let's say let's, let's work <laughs> just to continue this conversation, let's work this backwards now we're being mortgage people, right? Mm. Um if what if I qualified for that 13, let's say my max was at 1350. So because of that a year ago, I was looking at a three hundred twenty thousand dollar house. Well, it, but my my qualification is still at that a monthly amount. I'm no longer looking at three twenty. Well, let's take that that extreme back a little bit. Well, it's not an extreme. It's it's the reality right now. Is we're not talking about a year ago. We're talking about three months ago. Yeah, yeah. Three months ago. So people that were shopping three months ago in this hard market to find a house that may not, and there's a lot that couldn't find one, couldn't get under contract because it's so competitive. Well, now if their rate rate lock expired, what they qualify for has significantly dropped because of what we just described. In the example we just used, they would drop, they would, they would lose about a hundred thousand dollars in qualification. Yeah. And now let me ask, while, while, while prices are going up. Now let me ask you about, about how people operate. Do you think that if they were just looking at $320,000 houses for, you know, two, a month or two, and now they have to go to looking at $220,000 nope, houses, that they're going to go buy that? They're going to rent. No. Yeah, they're going to rent. They're going to rent. rent. Are you sure your wife wouldn't do that? Because <laughs> let's see, I was, I was barely able to afford a four bedroom that was 2,500 square feet and a nice, nice part of town that I wanted to be in. And now you're telling me I need to buy a three bedroom, one bath and a crappy part of town it isn't happening and i'm not you know my monthly payment's not changing either <laughs> so yeah no people don't like hearing that so they're they're gonna go wait for another you know they're gonna go make the decision we're gonna wait for another market because they just rapidly went from shopping in one market to a completely different market so some people have to wait what about the people that don't have to wait is that a smart decision well Specify your questions. What smart decision? <laughs> some people have to wait to something till until something changes in their situation, whether it's market, interest rates, their income, whatever. Something needs to change in order for them to proceed with the purchase. There's some people, more I think, more people that don't have to wait. They're just choosing to wait because they think something's going to change. Yeah, and then there's there's the people that will appreciate the t- the statistics of it, right? Okay, so if this one person is going to go in the rental market or whatever, they want to wait, right? They want to wait till interest rates go back down. The other person is going to just buy the house at the high interest rate and still, you know, get that appreciation and and also wait for rates to go back down, and they're going to refinance. So the difference is they had that they bought that house and had it for while they were waiting. So. I think that's what the the two ends of it are. Everyone's going to want to wait for these rates to go down and you know we'll re- be refinancing again like the last two years of the refinance frenzy. Um 
But wouldn't count on that happening. No, no. We are currently not in a scenario where you're counting on rates going back down. Anybody who listens to us, I don't know, is there anybody that listens to us regularly? If they do, they would know that um, that I rolled my eyes in my head when you said high interest rates. Because we are talking about five and a half. Yeah. Well, I didn't call them high. I said rapidly rapidly rising. I mean, to to double in two, three months. How many times has that ever happened? I mean, it's it, that's the They're rare case. They're talking about half a point interest rate increases at every session. How often is there a session? How often do they do that, Kyle? There's three more meetings this year. And they're talking about... so in, So this year, we're talking about going up another point and a half then. That's the rumor that I've heard. Yeah, they took 75 We're in June right now. So by the end of the year is what you're saying, we should be at an average of seven. They took 75 basis points off the table, but at this point, you you can't, what what the Fed says changes at at a whim, whatever they want to do. It's hard, yeah. Well, it's almost almost inevitable with our current inflationary um, situation that we're in that that those interest rates would go up. That's the healthy thing to have happen. It just affects other things a little bit more negatively. So, which brings well, us back. What? Go yeah, it's all about the environment. They look at it. It's all about the environment. Yep. I mean, they probably should have done this a year ago, but you know, that's what everyone can, hindsight's twenty twenty. Stock so. market is, people are relearning again that the stock market is a gamble and that, that that's not the best investment. It's fun while everything's going up and not so fun while everything's crashing. And, and so um, everyone's relearning that lesson again. So, so Kyle, how is all of it? The current market, which which includes our current state of supply and demand, is still affecting our current market. Mm-hmm. Rising interest rates. Let's throw in the stock market and all the talk about the R word. There's tons of people are throwing that around like crazy right now. Mm-hmm. How is all that affecting our future rental rates? It is, I mean... It it's putting some strain on the rental market, and and that's really what it is. It's it's we're talking about housing here, and you can't just you know fluctuate at a whim the supply of available housing. You know you can make you can make more housing and all that, but it doesn't take a week. You know it takes months. Um, and when you even if you increase the supply, well now if the purchase market is having these rising interest rates and pushing people out and dumping them into the rental market, you still have a increasing demand in the rental market. And, you know, that causes causes rising rents. Just so, like all the other factors the last two, three years cause rising rents because it's the it's it's towards the end of the markets that stop their, uh, I wouldn't call them fluctuations, but rapid rise because... People have to get out of the easy, you know, easy capital has to stop before rates, you know, rates stop easy capital going out. And then now, now that capital is not as cheap, investors stop buying as much stuff. And then home prices, you know, start to stabilize and people get pushed out of the purchase market. And so we talked about the one third institutional two thirds. The two thirds are more easily scared. The one third institutional buyers probably are not scared. No, because they keep plugging on. Their interest rates still zero because they're using cash. They're using cash. That's my point. Yeah. Yeah. So they're, they're plugging on. 
And also, they're not as worried about the the market, is my point, Mm -hmm. where the other two-thirds are susceptible to the whims of what people talk about and talk about a housing bubble and crash and stuff that I don't believe is ever going to happen. But but people believe it, and it makes people wait and stop Mm -hmm. and stop taking action. So, well, and, you know, just just like them using cash, well, there comes a point where the institutional investor will stop dumping as much cash into buying property and rental properties because when rates were zero and when they're that low, that's why institutional cash goes so quickly into the real estate market because that's where they get their returns. Mm. Well, when rates aren't zero, you can get returns, institutions get you know, capital returns off those interest rates. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, now now you're digging in. Now you're, <laughs> now you're blowing my mind. I think my, my I had some brain cells just blow up while you were talking there. <laughs> well, that um, all helps the tug and pull. You know, but at the end <laughs> of the day, the rent. This rents, is why we have you here, Kyle. Rents increasing is unfortunately the the last thing to slow down. Um, and this is a new set of factors. You know, it's, there's not a lot of. Uh, precedent we can go or historical precedent we can go back and look that there was this many economic factors before um to this extreme extent and say this is what the rental market did you know yeah yeah there's a lot about our current housing market whether you're talking about purchasing or or renting um that i think that that's true for Mm -hmm. like like you just made a really good point that there isn't a precedent in history where all of the factors that are happening right now have come together at the same time, or at least not to the extreme level that, that, that it's happening, right? And that's, I just reiterated what you just said. Hey, uh, real life, real life example. How's this? I, I like to do this for people. They give them, give them, a, give them a, a picture of what we're talking about as far as rents and where they're going. We just listed a really standard four-bedroom home in Arlington. Um, not Nothing too special about it, right? I could say a street name to, to jog your memory, right? Sure. <laughs> the one we most recently, the most recent one that we just did, I had within within one week, I had to shut it down. I had 17 applications. Now, the impressive part isn't so much that I had 17 applications because that's happened before. The impressive part is that this home was, we were renting this really average home for $2,300 a month. Okay. Nothing impressive about this home whatsoever. Um, it was in good condition, nothing wrong with it, but also nothing impressive about it really. Okay. And, $2,300 a month that probably would have been lucky to get $1,500 a month for it. I want to say two years ago, maybe. Maybe three years ago, but yeah. Two, three years yeah. ago, something like that. That's how quickly it's gone up. But what's really most, what was really most um, eye-opening to me about the 17 applications is the amount of them that were like, what you would consider a quality high level applications. Like I would have taken almost all of those applications in two seconds for any of our homes, right? They qualified in every way possible. And it's not normal for us to have that. Normally, you know, we get a high number of applications so that we can, so that we can weed out two or three that are really high quality and take and make that best decision for our clients that we can 
gosh, we had so many choices of high quality applicants in this particular home. It's and, insane. And it's it's a testament to what we just said. Yep. It's, and a lot of them even told us this. They just left the purchase market. Yep. They were very qualified looking for four bedroom houses in Arlington to buy. And those houses are They're worth tired. like 350, 400, you know. Fire fatigue. They're tired and interest rates went up. They lost their lock or whatever it is. Um, they got you know, pushed out of the market based on affordability and they didn't, they wanted, and a lot of they people still sold wanted their a house. four bedroom house. And <laughs> a lot of people sold their house, right? A lot of people operated on faith, sold their house and said, what, what are you going to do next? They didn't have an answer for that, but mm-hmm. the fallback was renting. It's true. And that's what they're doing. Yeah. And it's very true. And, you know, when people are thinking about selling their houses, they're not, you know, they should, but I'm not saying every time they do consider, okay, well, this is the purchase market blowing up and that's why I want to sell. What, well, what's happening with the rental market that I'm about to go jump into? Oh, it's also gone up. So uh, they generally correlate for a lot of reasons we're t- not going to go into right now, but we've talked about on on a lot of our podcasts. So, um, But at the end of the day, those are the main reasons that interest rates uh, are affecting are rental rates. Rising interest rates are affecting rents is is demand. It's supply and demand, and it's pushing, pushing demand into a – Low supply already. Love it. Good discussion, Kyle. Hey, I got an idea for next week. What's your idea? We talked about how just the opposite is happening with short-term rentals, right? Mm -hmm. We're seeing a little bit lower demand. Let's dive into that a little bit more next week. Yeah, let's do it. And that, you know, a lot of these things, affordability, um, life's getting more affordable right now, right? No, it's not. <laughs> it is not getting more affordable. I don't affordable. think anyone's ever said that in the last couple of weeks. So. Unless, I have to say this, the only people feeling really good about their financial picture right now are people that are heavily invested in real estate. Feeling pretty good about it right now. Now, if they need cash and they're not liquid enough or something, or they can't get money out, then maybe some of those people aren't feeling quite as good because it's not an ATM machine. We've talked about this. However, that's not why you should be investing in real estate and you should be feeling really good about your position. If The more heavily invested you are, the better you should be feeling about everything that's happening right now. Well, and for years, um, we've always said that, you know, one of the main reasons to invest in real estate, if nothing else, is to beat inflation, right? Um, well, it's never been more true. <laughs> beat inflation in the stock market. Yeah, you know, beat the market, beat all the markets, right? <laughs> and make your money still worth the same amount of money in 10 years. Um, that 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 whole argument has been kicked to an extreme and it's still true. So yeah, I love it. All right, well, I think we uh, beat this dead horse a little bit, but uh, yeah, it was, it was great good discussion, discussion, Kyle. So. Good discussion. I can't wait to talk. Uh, I'm looking forward to discussing sh- short-term rentals next week and how how the current market is affecting the rate, occupancy, demand for it, and all that good stuff. Because yeah, we're it, cause really invested in that too. Because it's it sounds like it's just a different term length, right? But it's it's not. It's a it's a market it's like a the rental market is a market yeah. of necessity. Short-term rentals are a market of leisure. Yeah. So. I look forward to talking about that too. But yep. uh, thank you guys for checking in again. Uh, if you have any questions or want to just speak to us, because we like to just talk, as you can see, 817 818 9039. Shoot us an email at money at wertpm.com. And we are out. We are out. We are out.